0: morning, church. How's everyone doing? Everyone doing well? Good. Good looking crew this morning, man. It's good to see you guys. If it's your first time here, I want to say a special welcome to you. Uh, my name's Buck Benton. I get to serve you as the campus pastor here at Connection Church Dublin. Uh, I'm very humbled, honored, and thankful uh, that God allows me to do that. And uh, I want to take a second and just take a poll. Who went to Focus Conference yesterday? Man, was it not awesome, right? It was great. See, we're one church that meets in four different locations. And yesterday was a day where we could all get together and worship the Word of God. I mean, uh, we get to worship God together. And we had a great time. So I would encourage you, if you're not uh, signed up, make sure next year uh, you come. It was an incredible experience, all right? And we got a couple things to celebrate. If it's your first time, uh, we have a simple mission statement. And that mission statement is this. We want to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so when people take their first step... To say yes to Jesus, we celebrate it like crazy. And y'all, we had a crazy week last week. So we had four people want to trust Jesus as Lord and Savior. Let's celebrate that. That's cool. And one more thing, last week, uh, I I know a lot of you have kiddos, man, and and God is just blessing that ministry. We had the highest total we ever had. We had 37 kids, and so uh, now we're getting ready to to make sure we've got the right space for them, and we're setting some things up, so our kids' ministry uh, is about to take off, man. I'm so excited about that. One thing I want to tell you, uh, if you've not been over there, is right now, our connectors are not babysitting your kids. Um, At each area right now, we're trying to share the gospel with them on their level. And our connectors are trained that we want to tell them about Jesus, even from the babies. When when we have our babies, we're praying over them. We're praying that God would change their life one day. And so uh, I love what we do in kids. And I just wanted to tell you, man, that's worth celebrating, and that God uh, is doing awesome things in our kids ministry. All right, cool. Yeah, let's celebrate that. And if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter twenty-eight, uh, verse eighteen through twenty. And as you're getting there, I'm going to kind of catch you up. Uh, We're in a series that we're calling Bigger Than Me. And what Bigger Than Me is all about, it's all about the local church. And kind of the the, the premise is this, is that um, the church is not fundamentally about us, how the church can serve us, right? Once we read about the church or the Bible, we learn that the church is God's people, the people of God, people that know Jesus. And once we understand who Jesus is and what he's done for us, the question becomes, God, what does your word say we as the church need to be for you? All right? And so the first week we talked about here at Connection Church, we must be a place of hope. That no matter who, what you've done, who you've done it with, what you came in here with, let me tell you something. This is a place of hope. We are glad that you're here. We're thankful you are. See, we serve a God that no matter what you've done, who you've done it with, he's got the ability to meet you exactly where you're at. And if you came in here today and you're not okay, guess what? It's okay to not be okay. But I want to tell you something, God don't want you to stay that way. Amen? And so that's the God we're preaching about, the God of the Bible. And so the second week, we talked about generosity. We talked about giving, not only of our money, but our time, our energy, our resources. And then once we understand how generous God has been with us, right? We, in return, are generous to him and his church. And so this week, we're going to be talking all about community, okay? And I'm excited about this. This is one of the the cultures of our church that I feel like is strong, but also it's near and dear to my heart, all right? But before I get going, I got to ask, and and I know some of you in here, some of you I've played softball with, how many of you would say you're competitive, like you like to win? Yes, I knew I loved this church. All right. Uh, How many would say you go to some extremities to win, to to yes okay I want to share a few I want to share um I, I'm not going to compare my family to yours but man, my family's crazy about winning like we're we're really crazy see I was scarred when I was eight years old I was playing my dad on the old school Sega Genesis anybody remember that some of our older folks well my, my age and older folks all right. Uh, we were playing Sega Genesis, I'll never forget it, Sports Talk Baseball. And my dad was not the dad that let the 8-year-old son win. You know, that just wasn't who he was. Uh, he would beat me in the dirt and then tell me about it. And uh, so this one game, I'm finally in the game, man. I'm, I'm battling, I'm hanging in there. And, uh, and, and I get a hit, and I hit it to his second baseman. And his, and his button to throw at the first sticks, like it don't work. All right? And so I'm rounding home, it's the bottom of the last. My two guys score, I beat him, and this is no lie. He took the remote from front of his 8-year-old and his 5-year-old threw it against the wall, broke the Sega Genesis, game over for it. That <laughs> happened. That's a true story, all right? Or maybe it's my granddad. So my grandpa, um, I, I think he wanted to shut down the park when they quit keeping score in t-ball. Uh, he, he was really upset about that. And so when my brother was playing t-ball, he would play, and you know they're so little, and you know they're running around. And right after the game, he would run up to my grandfather and be like, granddaddy, Granddad, did we win? And so my granddad would literally keep score, like tally the marks and let him know if he won or lost, right? Or, or maybe it's here, and, and uh, we were the guys that played intramural sports at college at Georgia Southern, and we used to house everybody in softball or whatever. We were the guys that would bring in illegal players to win. Those were, we were those guys, you know what I mean? These poor college kids are out there having a good time, and we're bringing in hosses to tear everybody up, right? So we love to win, all right? And I personally... Love to win, all right? And so the cool part is this, is that it carries over in the ministry. Now, for those that don't know, uh, I've been pastoring here. Um, we, we began the first parts of planting this church about a year ago, um, and God called me the ministry out of um, teaching and coaching. And, and so when, it, when I was called to preach, I began to make it very simple, right? What's the win? What does winning look like, okay? In the Christian faith, what does a win look like? And so once I can understand the win, and y'all, I'm very logical. I'm not a, uh, I wouldn't call me the sharpest guy or the sharpest tool in the shed, as they'd say. But once I can wrap my mind around what we're trying to do, then I can make the decisions to get there. Why? Because I want to what? I want to win, right? And so the cool part is Jesus gives us the ultimate win. Like the reason we're here. Like the reason we come to church, What, what Christianity is about. And I want you to read with me in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And so Jesus is resurrected from the dead, all right, which proves he is who he says he is. He's the savior of the world. He's the only one that we find hope in, the only one that can bring us back to a relationship with God, all right? He has proved that. He has resurrected. And now he's getting ready to leave this earth and go to heaven to create a place for us, the people of God. And so this is the last thing, one of the last things he tells his disciples. Let's start in verse 18, I'm sorry. It says, then Jesus came to them. And said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, you as the people of God, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Pray with me. Father. Father. Thank you for these men and women. God, thank you for the opportunity to preach the word of God. God, thank you that um, you love us the way you do. God, that you, um, you, you have a heart to grow us, Lord. You have a heart to bring us into a relationship with you, to grow us, and then to put us on mission. God, you give us what we're supposed to do, and it's so awesome. We don't have to wonder about it. You, you give it to us, and I'm thankful for that. Um, and so I pray that right now, today... Uh, God, that you would just open up every heart and mind in here, Lord, that you would um, just have us ready to receive your word. And God, to respond to whatever you're telling us to do, Lord. I pray right now that this message would be nothing about me. God, that it would be all your words, Lord, that you would give me what you want me to say. God, I thank you for that, and I pray that in faith. In thy name, amen. Amen. All right, cool. So here's the win, okay? Make disciples. That's what we're here to do, okay? We're here to make disciples, all right? And disciples are made in Community, all right? That means two or more gathering together. That's what community looks like. And so uh, this series we've been talking about, we must be, here at Connection Church, and you can title this for the day, we must be a place that values community. Okay, hear that again. We must be a place that values community. And I'll spell this out a little bit as we go. If you will, turn with me to Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 Through forty-seven, and so what this is, this is a look at the early church, and I want to kind of answer the question, "Why?" Okay, well, Pastor, why do we have to value community? Like, give me, give me a reason. Okay, and so this was the early church, uh, the the first church after Christ resurrected. This is a text talking about what these believers were doing. Okay, it says that Peter preached the message; three thousand people got saved, and then this is what they were doing. Okay, so read with me, verse forty-two. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, that would be the Bible for us, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying, all, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And I feel compelled to bring this up. But y'all, this stuff going on in our country, all right? This, this, this stuff going on, There's your answer right here, okay? And, I, and I, I, I hold it in and I can't take it anymore as this. is man, like Jesus is the answer. I stand on that. that this great divide and this, this stuff going on, the reality of it is this, is that Christ is the answer. That all of us are level at the foot of the cross, right? He's our answer. And so when I look at this, who in this planet, who in this country would not want to be a part of a community like that? That's no one. Everyone would want to be a part of a community where they're growing, they're cared for, and they're unified, moving in the same direction, right? And I'm telling you, man, and I'm praying for it. I'm praying for our country. This can be a reality because here's the thing. It's going to be a reality here in our community, amen? This is going to be a reality in our community. And so why must we uh, value community here, all right? Number one is this. uh, It keeps the focus on the people, not a service. Hear that again. It keeps the focus on the people, not a service. And that this is awesome, man. Like, I'm excited that God is blessing us and we are growing together on Sundays. And, man, I love to worship God with you. I love to preach the Word of God with you. But, man, I want to tell you, like, this thing doesn't have to be an hour long. Does that make sense? That this lifestyle goes way, way out of here. That God didn't design it to be an hour-long service, but rather he designed community to be a way of life, the way we do life together. The second thing I see in this text um, is this, is that it attracts people to the church. Hear that again. It attracts people to the church. Look in verse 47. It says, the people and the way they loved each other, the way they cared, man, like they wanted to see each other. You know? Like they weren't sitting in a coffin for an hour. All right? Like they were excited that everyone gathered and hung out. And the way they uh, met and ate together... It says people wanted to be a part of it. Look at me, verse 47. It says they were praising God and they are enjoying all the favor, the favor of all the people. That means the people looked at the church and were like, Man, I don't know what they're doing, but that's awesome. I want to be a part of that. And because they were loving each other like the Christian community should, it says the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And that the community puts the focus on the people, not just here for an hour at a service. Okay? It puts the focus on the people. The third thing I see in this text is this, and I just want to point out, is that God commands it. God commands it. It says in his word that don't give up meeting together. Come and gather. Be strengthened together. All right? How many of you have been encouraged by the word of God since you've been here, right? That's what it's for. It's here to encourage you, to grow you, to move you closer to Jesus. That's why we do what we do here. And so God says, don't stop gathering together. Okay? So I want to give you guys, and I want to cast a little um, forward thinking for you, for our church, is this, is that my heart, and I hope you all know this, my heart is not to gather a bunch of people in a service, okay? Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift can do that, all right? They can gather people together for a service, okay? This is my heart, y'all, and I want you to hear this. My heart is that we would have great community together, that we would have great community together, and inside of that community, we would be making disciples, all right, That this will be a place where people can come and gather together and take this, what we're learning here, and go take it with us. That we would be a community of people, unified, growing, not perfect, all right? Not perfect, but by gosh, we're taking steps, man, and we want to know Jesus more. And it becomes, man, if you know somebody at Connection, like you, you know about their community, that those folks love each other, they care for each other. That they don't mind sharing possessions. Like they they are uh, uh, people that love each other. And so I want to share that. That's my heart. Okay? Cool? You guys good? Everybody with me today? All right. Let's keep rolling, okay? Second question we're going to answer is this. And here's the question. What's a disciple? Right? I hope some of you thought of that. You're like, okay, well, go and make disciples. That's the win. Well, if you're going to know the win, you got to know the what is it. Right? If I asked the question, what's a disciple, I'd probably get... 70, 80, maybe a different answer from everyone. But you guys agree? And so today I want to define what we're calling as a church a, a disciple. Okay, And that if you, bear, if you break it down to the bare minimum, it's a follower of Jesus. But I want to show you guys um, what we're going to call it in three things. Okay, And I'm going to back them up with a little bit of scripture. But the first thing, what is a disciple? First thing, someone who knows Jesus. Okay, Someone who knows Jesus and his teaching. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Verses one through five. Ephesians chapter two, verses one through five. If I can find Ephesians. There we are. So Ephesians chapter two, verses one through eight, I'm sorry. Um and if you're like me, like you, you want to know, like, what's a disciple? Uh, the first thing is this someone who knows Jesus. Now, I want to have a fun example is this. Uh, we're not talking about knowing a Facebook Jesus, all right? I'm not talking about knowing a Facebook Jesus. And that if I could point someone out in here, and uh, if, if I looked up maybe one of my buddies, like Coach Hill, or, or one of you guys, if I looked up you guys on Facebook, I could probably learn a lot about you, right? I could learn a lot about some of the things you do, or maybe some of the interests you have, okay? But would you say I know someone if I've scanned their Facebook? You wouldn't say you knew them, right? And see, so many times people think knowing Jesus is that. To know Jesus is to know the Facebook version. Yeah, he died for our sins. I prayed a prayer when I was six. That's, that's it. I know it, right? That's a Facebook Jesus. That's not a real Jesus. See, to know Jesus truly, you have to know what Jesus did for us. And I believe this spells it out as good as anywhere in the Bible. Starting in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses one 8. We're going to talk about knowing Jesus, not the Facebook Jesus, okay? It says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Anybody seen any dead things make themselves come alive? No, only been one, right? It says, You were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also. Lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. And I'm going to stop right there. And what that says is this. Every one of us, everyone walking in here, we were born sinful. We were born separated from a perfect God. All right? Separated. And he says, all of us, the best person you know, the worst person you know, we all came into this world with the same chains on. Okay? Okay? We all came into this world with the same chains on. And I want to tell you, if you've if you've learned that somehow when you fight these chains off enough, maybe you'll get to a place that God loves you. That's not true. We're about to read it right here. It says that you could do nothing. It says you were dead in your transgressions and sins. That means you can't wake up and shed them off of you to get to the right place. We're spiritually dead. All right? We come into this world spiritually dead. Now here's the best news, okay? I call it the best butt in the Bible. All right? Check it out. Verse 4. But Because of His great love for us, God, who's over here, perfect in all of His ways, because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, that means um, forgiving us, all right made us alive with Christ, okay? He made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions, for it is by grace, that means unmerited favor, that you have been saved. And God raised us up with grace Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show his incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus now verse eight I want to focus a minute it says for it is by grace you have been saved through faith this is not of yourselves it is a gift from God To know Jesus is this, to know what he did for you. And what he did for you is this, while you were dead in your sin and all the worst things you've done in your life, he knew you in that moment. He said, man, I've already sent Christ for you. And if you would trust him, if you would trust him and place your faith in him, I'm going to help you walk out of your sin. And I'm going to give you a relationship with God. And you're going to begin a journey that you're going to be in perfect relationship with the God of the universe. That's too good to be true, amen? That's too good to be true. See, to know Jesus is to know what he did for you. And if all that's true, how in the world could we not live for him, right? How in the world could we not? And once we know him, we'll follow him. So the first thing as a disciple is this, is you got to know Jesus, okay? you got to know Jesus, know who he is and what he did, right? you You got to get saved. And if you haven't been saved, man, like, respond and say, Man, Jesus, that, that free gift, I want it. Changed my life, All right? And what you'll learn, and the cool part about community is this, if you've got questions about that, that's what community's for. Ask the questions. Ask someone else their story. Tell them how you're feeling, right? That's what community's for. You learn who Jesus is, okay? Second thing, what is a disciple? First thing is someone who knows Jesus. Second thing, someone who's transformed by Jesus, okay? Second thing, someone who's transformed by Jesus. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. I believe that's right. Ephesians chapter 3, and honestly, I wish I could read this whole section. Uh, it's so good. I'll tell you what. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. This may not be on the screen. I'm going off the script a little bit. I, I do that sometimes, okay? Uh, go with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. And the cool part is that when God, if he, if he changes our heart right here, the cool part is, is he, he wants us to grow. And that it's a, not a one-time deal, but rather once we know God set us right in relationship with Him, we begin to walk it out. He begins to grow us, right? And we begin to grow closer to God. And if I could put it like this, if I could give you an illustration, that I feel like it really helped me one time I saw this, is when we're born, we, we have no cause but to we, we sin. It's what we do. It's what we want to do. And there's nothing wrong with you. All of us are that way. And so we're living a life of sin and wondering what's wrong with us. Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel broken? Why do I have no purpose in my life? Right? And then when we hear the gospel, and it penetrates our heart, we know it's true. We come to know Jesus. God changes our direction. Does that make sense? That this was where we were going. Now that I know Jesus, this is where I am going. Okay? And here's the deal. Being transformed is, being, is growing. Growing in your relationship with God. And that one step in front of the other, you began to come more like Jesus... And less like sin and self. Does that make sense? But here's the deal, man. This growing process, if I, could, if I could give you a funny illustration, this is what it looks like. You may take two steps forward. You may fall down. You may roll off the stage for a little while. It's a, it's a process. It's continually growing and becoming more and more like Jesus. Okay? Not a perfect walk, but, y'all, it's a persistent pursuit of Christ. Right? So if a disciple is transformed. And we see this in verse 14. I'm going to read a minute. Um, it says, then we will no longer be infants. Okay? We're not going to stay here. Because here you're tossed back and forth by the waves. You're blown here and there, it says, by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. It says, instead, speaking in truth and love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I want to encourage you something. I'm growing with you. I hope you know that, right? I have not arrived any special place over here. God's transforming me. I'm in this process. And here's the deal. I invite you, if you haven't started, come grow. Grow with me. Figure this thing out right? Because God says what he wants for his body, he doesn't want us to be infants, where this world beats us up, it kicks us down, it throws us all over the place. He doesn't want to leave us that way. He says that my hope is that you would build yourself up in love and grow into a mature body, that you would know that your hope's not found in this world. That's why it hurts so bad here, but your hope's found in Jesus, right? And you begin to come solid, right? I'm going to call out a Brittany, our guest services coordinator, she is awesome, man. She is, uh, I love how she teaches the Bible and the way she describes the Bible. She calls them bambi legs, all right? And I was like, what is that? Don't use that on stage. Here I am. Um, but she calls it like here, when we first become a Christian, all right, we got bambi legs. Y'all ever seen a yearling when they drop a yearling? I know some of my country board are like, "Yes, yeah, sir. All right, yeah. I'm a hunter, man. I, I come. Sorry, that's my example. But when they first come out, their knees are doing this, and they, they can't walk real well. And they stumble and fall, and they run into fences. I've watched it. they got spots on them, and they're just very young. And they, they need help. They need someone to walk with them. But see, here's the deal. As you begin to read the Bible, learn how to pray, get plugged into the community, those legs are going to get stronger. You're going to grow as a Christian. You're going to begin to grow and know who you are in Christ. And that every day you don't wake up and wonder who he is and who you are. But you begin to learn who you are in Christ. Amen? So I want to tell you, it's a change of direction, it's growth. and, And here's the deal. This is what a growing relationship with Christ looks like. Write this down. Growing people take next steps. Growing people take next steps. That means that there's never going to be a time in our relationship with God where we just like drop anchor. You know what I mean? We're constantly taking next steps. First step. Respond to Christ. Give my life to Christ. Second step. Um, get baptized. Right? And then it goes on from there. Get plugged into community. From there, maybe you go on and maybe one day you're going to lead a connect group. Or maybe for the first time you're going to pray out loud. Or maybe for the first time you're going to read the Bible. Like really read it. Y'all, I was 26 years old. When I started studying the Bible. No? I'll tell you back. I might have been, I, I started reading it when I was 21. Started reading it to hear from God when I was 26. Right? And I, I and I grew up in church my whole life. It used to embarrass the heck out of me to say that. But I want to tell you, man, if that's the next step for you, you're not alone. You're not alone. There's people that'll walk with you, that'll, that'll go there. Okay? So growing people, take next steps. And that the one thing the enemy wants is for us to be isolated, to not get in community and share where you're at and let people help you walk. The enemy loves isolation. All right? We are designed and created for community. Third thing, what makes a disciple? What is a disciple? Third thing someone who joins Jesus on his mission. Hear that again? Someone who joins Jesus on his mission. Someone who knows Jesus, someone who's transformed, growing in their relationship with God, and the third thing, someone who joins Jesus on his mission. And this is the cool part, man. I'm a I'm a I like to win. Y'all hear me? I really do. I enjoy winning, and I'm not afraid to say that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? I love winning. And here's the thing, this is what it says, is, is the win is this, we get to be part of a mission, a story that's been playing out since time began, and since Christ left and left us something for the church, he gave us something to be winning at. And that's what I love so much, it's like, I don't, I don't have to turn into a prude now that I'm a pastor, right? Is that Yeah? That's good news for me, I don't know if it's for you, but it is for me, right? That I have something to be doing, we have the mission, the mission of God, and that God wants to reconcile his children back to himself. See, here in the, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth perfectly. Man sinned, separated us from God. That's the story that's been playing out. God loved these people separated from him so much, he sent his son Jesus to reconcile. That means to save, rescue them back to himself. It's a story that's been playing out for, the, for all of time. Okay, And guess what? He gives us an invitation to be a part of that story. And he gives us the key to the only vehicle that can change the world. That's the church. God's word says that uh, he will build his church on the rock, which is Jesus. And on that rock, it's going to stand, right? He's going to build his church on the rock. That means that if you get involved in this game, you wake up and win every day, right? Because see, when this world's over, God's going to take care of his church. We're going to be with him. And that's what we are created to do. And the cool part, man, I love it so much, is being on mission for God... Is telling the people that are separated from them the good news of Jesus. Loving them in a way that this world won't. Caring for them in a way that this world won't. Showing them the love of Christ in a way this world won't. And loving them to Jesus. That's what we're here to do. And man, that, that, that gets me excited. And here's the thing. We've seen 40-something people be rescued since we planted the church here. Y'all, that's worth celebrating. <laughs> and So I want to encourage you is this is a disciple of Christ, man. Like we we are excited about that. We're excited to make disciples. And the thing I want to encourage you is this is there's plenty of opportunity to win. Y'all been out there any? <laughs> we got plenty of opportunity. Look at what's going on in our country. Like it's a the Bible says this, it says the harvest is plenty and the workers are few. That means that there is plenty of opportunity to win out there. There's plenty of opportunity to win. We just need some folks getting in the game. You hear me? We need some folks getting in the game. And that's what I'm excited to do is I want to encourage you to get in the game with us. Let's do it, man. And and, and here's the thing. It can be a lot of fun. This has been the most fun year of my life. The most fun year of my life living on mission for God and doing life with you. I think this is the most awesome place on the planet. I wake up every day and believe it. Finally, we bought a house. We get to live here at the end of the month. Praise God. Yeah. So there's plenty of opportunity to win. And so the harvest is plentiful, and the workers are few. So we must value community. We must value community. Well, Buck, you're you're preaching all this, and you're talking about knowing Jesus, growing in Jesus, and making disciples. Well, how? Like, what's the, you know, we are here for an hour. How do we do that? I want to tell you guys the how. How this is going to happen is through connect groups. You can write that down. How? Through connect groups. Because here's the deal. We're praying that God continues to rescue people, and if he does that, this will grow. Okay? This will grow and you're like, man, well, how's it gonna how are we gonna have community with all these people? We've thought about that. All right? That's why you join a connect group. That's why you join a connect group. That way you get to experience community, a small group of people that are doing life together, ready to meet you where you're at. Okay? And what happens in connect group is this, is that we begin to grow together. And the questions you have about the stuff we're preaching on Sunday or the questions you have about the Bible, you ask them in connect group. And people begin to help you. People begin to help you. The second thing is this, is y'all, one of the most frustrating things about um, this is, I wish I could have conversations one-on-one with all of you, because I love you. And I want you to know that. But as we grow, it's going to be impossible. And I wish I could sit down with everyone one-on-one. And I wish I could care for you, know how I can help you. But the reality of it is, is that's going to be impossible. See, connect groups is where you'll be cared for. You'll have a group of people that are looking after you. That if something happens in your family, you need help. You got people there. Because that's what the church is supposed to do. That's what the body looks like in Acts 2, right? That's where you'll be cared for. And the third thing that happens in Connect Group is this. This is where we join the mission. This is where we get on mission. That we want to grow up leaders that can lead more Connect Groups. We want to invite people to Connect Group. To come experience it. How many of you have friends you know coming to a service would scare them? A lot of us, right? They don't want to go to a service. But man, to go have dinner with a bunch of folks and read the Bible? Yeah, that's a a lot easier setting to come into a small group of people in a home, right? And so I want to encourage you guys, if that's your next step, I want to encourage you today, that's where you need to be. Come join a connect group. Come be a part of what God's doing in community, right? Uh, Another thing I want to encourage you with as we get ready to close is this. If you feel like this is your home, man, Come to heart and soul tonight, 5 o'clock. I'm going to talk about some more of this and basically what a growing relationship with Jesus looks like, all right? But um, come. If you've got questions, come. Check it out. And the last thing. If you know today that the person over here separated from God is you, and, and you know it's just true, and you've never experienced the love of Christ in your heart, Man, I'm encouraged today. I want to celebrate, man. I want to celebrate with you. I'm asking that today that direction would change. And that you would say, I want to know Jesus. Like the real thing. Not the Facebook kind. But the real thing. I want a relationship with Jesus. And I want to begin this journey you're talking about. And see, here's the thing at our church. This happened last week, man. If you're at that place, we want you to respond. And we're just going to celebrate, man. not going to be anything weird or awkward. that's, That's who we are. That's what we're here to do. God gave us a very clear win. All right? And that's what we're here to do. So if today's your day, and you know that today you want God to meet you where you're at, that you want to know Jesus, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand, if that's anybody here today. Amen. Amen. Is there anyone else? Can we celebrate that? <clears throat> awesome. Is there anybody else? Let me give you a second. cause you know that's you. That's awesome. Praise God. Awesome, good deal. Well, we're about to do something awesome as uh, we get ready to pray and finish this. Today, we're taking communion. And what communion is, is this. It's a remembrance, okay? As the connectors come down, it's a remembrance of what Jesus did for us. Because see that that those people that are separated from God, all of us, God loved them so much that he gave his son. And Jesus Christ died on a cross, all right? He hung there on a cross, okay? And they tore his body. And he bled. And what this cup symbolizes is the blood of Jesus. The blood he shed for you. The blood he uh, shed for you. He had you in mind. And what the bread stands for is it's his body. Okay? It's his body that was broken for you. And so what I want to say is what we're about to do uh, is this. As you come forward, you're saying that I identify with Christ. That he is who he says he is. I know him. I believe him in my heart. And I'm remembering what he did for me. I'm keeping Christ at the forefront. It's a special thing we do here. All right? And so I'd ask you, if you know uh, that you know Jesus, come and take communion with us. it would be a special time. All right? I love you guys more than you know. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this service. God, thank you for your saving grace. God, thank you um, that you do meet us where we're at. God, thank you that you're not done yet. God, thank you that you're still playing out this story. God, you're still winning. And God, thank you. That. Thank you that you let us be a part of what you're doing. I'm grateful. God, I pray that in this time as we take communion, Lord, we would remember Jesus and what he did for us. And uh, God, I'm just very grateful. So I pray that. I pray encouragement over this service that we would take next steps and continue to grow in you. In our name.